Ladies and gentlemen, this is El Cochino, Tom Lawler, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast that puts the lotion on its own skin, Lucha World. Bitchin'. Welcome, everyone, to Lucha World Podcast, episode number 113. Fredo Esparza here, and this week we are going to talk about the September 27th CMLL 86th anniversary show, which they just announced the lineup this past Wednesday, um, seven matches total. We'll be talking about that. We will also be talking about the Grand Prix tournament, which actually led to the whole, had um, two of the matches led to the 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 main event for the anniversary. We'll talk about that. We will also be talking about some of the other news that has happened over the past couple of weeks in Lucha Libre. Um, I keep I keep for I think I I think the last show I did was the the post show after Dallas won the Amazonas the Universal the Amazonas match which was very underwhelming. Uh, not a lot has been not a lot has been happening as far as news goes in Lucha Libre, uh, which is why I haven't really done a, a, a podcast in a while. Um, even the post I've been doing, the, the Lucha Reports, um, they've been kind of um, a lot more about come from a lot more of, about interviews and stuff from Informa and interviews from Mas Lucha and a lot less newsworthy stuff like there really hasn't been a lot going on in Lucha Libre um, other than the stuff that's going on with CMLL. Even with AAA, it's been very quiet. A few, um, I think they released a few lineups, but you know they still haven't even announced the card for the, uh, the September 15th uh, AAA in New York show. They've only announced two and a half, two matches and one person being there on the show. Um, for that show, they ha- they've announced um, Tessa versus... Taya in a Triple A Reina the Reinas match and a rematch from Triple Mania, Blue Demon Jr. versus Dr. Wagner Jr. And also they've mentioned Kane Velasquez is going to be appearing on the show. Other than that, that's all they've really announced. And you know, they've had they've had well over a month to like just post a lineup or do anything possible um, to add a little more interest. I don't know if there's gonna be enough interest for this show. Uh, tickets didn't sell very well. They they went from being in the main uh, Madison Square Garden venue to the 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 Hulu Theater, which is a it's on the side of um, MSG, I think, and that's it's it's still you know a New York show, but it's not as big of a deal as being in MSG, and uh, they really haven't done anything to to add more interest. They did announce that they were going to have it on pay per view, but on fight. Uh, they're going to have it on pay-per-view, I think, on regular pay-per-view, which you could order on your um, satellite or cable providers. I've heard that they're going to do that, but I've also heard they're going to be on Fight TV or some pay-per-view service like that, streaming service. And from what I've heard, it's going to be 30 bucks, which I think right away that's going to turn off a lot of fans, especially Lucha fans that are accustomed to uh, both AAA and CMLL offering their biggest shows at anywhere between $10 or practically free. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of interest in this. As usual with Lucha Libre promotions trying to like do something bigger, they always end up screwing it up. And um, I think this is going to be another mistake that 
AAA makes. Um, doesn't surprise me. I mean, they were behind Lucha Underground, and that didn't really pan out like they had hoped. That wasn't all their fault. That also had a lot to do with with the L Ray Network. But you know that that's one of those um, things that. You know, you wish they planned these things a little better, but they didn't. You know, the funny thing is that they had Impact announced that they were going to help promote the show, I think, like, last week. And that basically just gave them two weeks of um, promoting through Impact, which that's I don't think that's enough. And it doesn't help that AAA hasn't really announced anything. I think they just think Mexicans are going to show up and <laughs> and they were okay with that, you know, or, or Latinos, you know, in New York. And they were perfectly fine with that. Um, I don't know. I mean... They haven't said anything about Los Angeles either. I don't think I'm going to go to that show just because I'm already, I already bought a ticket for um, PWG Battle of Los Angeles. I will be at night one. I can't go to all three nights just because it's a pretty expensive ticket. And honestly, I think one show is good enough for me. I don't really mind not seeing. I could, I could handle one, one live event a week, and I'm okay with that. Um, but anyway, let's get to the CMLL stuff. Um, CMLL on August 30th had their Grand Prix show and I thought the show was okay but it wasn't anything blow away they I guess that would count as the big August show if you're if you remember a couple of weeks months ago CMLL made the plan that they were going to have a monthly big show um, so Grand Prix was it for August and it kind of I mean it felt like it if you're talking about it being a Grand Prix and everybody you know the overall feel of it, um, I think there was some. I don't know. It kind of. I, I don't think it was as. I don't think it was as. Um, as good as I think they should. I mean, honestly, I don't think CML really puts too much into uh, any planning or any preparation for celebrations other than the Dia de Muertos shows, which you know, honestly, that's the that's the artists that actually do a lot of that stuff. But you would hope that CML would do something for all these supposedly big, big events. They look pretty much the same as every other show. The only difference was in this, they had the, you know, the, the, they had the, they played the anthem and they had the, the military, the, the, everything that goes on with that, the celebration. And it took forever for that to go on. I think it was like a 30 minute, you know, waiting period. Uh, a lot of people standing up to, you know, to, to, to show their, their appreciation, to show their patriotism. And, uh, but I actually think that kind of hurt the, the, the match itself just because there weren't as many people interested. Um, I'm not going to go through the entire lineup since I already did that on, on Lucha Talk. But just, the, just the, the, the big news out of this was that more build up to the really the three big um, feuds that have been going on. Oddly enough, the, the Volador Jr. Forestero feud kind of just died out. It kind of fizzled. It, it seemed like it was going somewhere and then it just fizzled out. Uh, especially with for, poor Forrestero, he was in this um, in this Grand Prix, and it made the way he was feuding with um, Volador Jr. You thought that maybe he was going to have a an amazing performance, but he ended up being the first guy from Team Mexico eliminated. So you pretty much knew from that moment that the Volador Jr. Forrestero feud was officially done. And if you didn't know by that point, you knew at the very end when Volador Jr. focused on Nero Casas and Carbonario afterwards. So uh, you knew that was. That they had moved on from that, which is unfortunate, just because I thought, I thought Volador Jr. versus Forrestero would have been something good. The other, so that feud pretty much died out for a bit, uh, but the other feuds they kept going. Microman versus Chamuel, that was built up in this show. Um, they had their first singles match in Arena Mexico, and Chamuel actually beat Microman via DQ when he tossed his mask at Microman and referee Micro Angel saw that he uh, microman had the mask so he dq'd him um, that led to mask challenges and sure enough that's what we're gonna one of the matches we'll be getting in the anniversary uh, the other big feud that has been going on in cml for the past several weeks has been Sieber the main man versus ultimo guerrero they've um they had a big singles match that had one of the worst finishes possible just because it looked very comedic and um they had more matches that followed trios matches and more hijinks going on. It, it looks more like a Benny Hill type of feud, honestly. Um, if you don't know who Benny Hill is, look it up on YouTube and you'll figure out what I mean. But it's really how their matches have been. It's And even like the interviews and all that stuff, it's just very like cat and mouse type of feel to it where, you know, Ultimo Guerrero wants the match. Cibernetico wants something different. Ultimo, Ultimo Guerrero wants the, mass, the hair match 
and Cibernetico wants a, a rematch for the for the title, the world title, and you know it's just leading to a bunch of like filler on these shows. While on this show, Gilbert got himself involved. He started. He teamed up with um with with Cibre, the main man, and Titan against Caristico, Mystico, and Ultimo Guerrero, and Cibre and Gilbert did not get along. They've actually been building that up as the whole thing between um people constantly asking Cibre if if Gilbert is part of the clan. Cibre says he's not part of the clan. That the confusion is that the 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 promotion known as um, Chaos Lucha Libre in um, in Monterey started their own clan group, Clan Chaos, and they have um, Gilbert as Messias in that group. He's one of the members, and people don't realize that he's not part of the actual members of the group that actually works in CMLL, and on an, and is is kind of not affiliated with the Chaos promotion now. So that's led to a they, they've been feuding over that. Well, that got added to this whole thing with with Gilbert kind of challenging Ultimo Guerrero and um, and Sieber, the main man in hair matches. So now we're 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 getting the possibility that that might be another feud that's going to happen. And it sure was. It, it got added. So you basically have those three guys involved. And then came the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix had um, the very... I'll just go to the final just because I think I want to just continue on with the whole what's going on with the feud. So so basically, at the end of the match, it came down to Big Daddy being the lone you um, foreign member of Team World going up against Nero Casas and... And Volador Jr. At that point, Big Daddy had just eliminated Carvernario, and and then afterwards, Big Daddy hell. Um, after Big Daddy got eliminated, Volador Jr. and Nero Casas started celebrate. While Nero Casas started celebrating, Volador Jr. kind of uh, attacked Nero Casas and got the pin on him, and ended up being the ultimate final winner of the match. He later mentioned, and uh, and Julio Cesar Rivera on Informa mentioned that. There had to be one final winner, and that ended up being Volador Jr. And after that, they all started arguing. Um, it led to everybody throwing out hair challenges, Big Daddy and Nero Casas arguing, Carvernario arguing with Big Daddy, uh, Big Daddy defending Volador Jr., Volador, Volador Jr. arguing with Nero Casas and Carvernario. Um, so they basically started arguing over who should get a hair ma- match and everything. So that's that basically was set up after the Grand Prix. Uh, the Grand Prix itself was not, I would say it was a good match, but it was it was underwhelming. It wasn't as good as um, previous Grand Prix. Actually, even like, I think last year's Grand Prix, if it didn't have Michael Elgin in it, I don't know if it would have been as good as it was. Um, just because lately, I think CML just, you know, D- Dylan mentioned on, on Lucha Talk that he thought, actually, I don't know if you mentioned it on Lucha Talk, Lucha Talk but we meant, we were talking about this off air. And he made the comment that maybe maybe CML should invest on, on a scouting department or something just because I think they really do need that. The The foreign team looks so much more underwhelming than Team uh, Mexico. And, you know, Big Daddy, uh, if you were surprised that he reached the, 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 the very end of this, first of all, he didn't wrestle much in the match. He ended up reaching the final. And if you were surprised, honestly, you shouldn't have been just because... He, um, Ultimo, he's been training with Ultimo Guerrero for the last six weeks, and that basically should give you an indication that he might be in in CML for a little longer. Beside, uh, I mean, for sure he's going to be here for a few more weeks. But I mean, I would not be shocked if he's in there for a little longer, taking on the the spot of like you know Sam Adonis as the as the lead foreigner in the, in the promotion. I don't know. I mean, he's he he didn't look very good in this match. And you know to pick Nero Casas out of everyone, as his like, as the guy he wants to beat. Uh, Nero Casas is like five six, five seven, and Big Daddy's. I think he's got to be like six three, six four. Um, the discrepancy in size is just it just doesn't work. Um, I don't think it's something that uh, looks good. As far as um, first of all, I don't think first of all Big Daddy isn't good, so in the ring. So I think that's going to, I mean, and we've already seen a lot of guys in CML that aren't good. And you think, oh, Nero Casas, Ultimo Guerrero, and 
couple of Rouge, Dragon Lee, all these guys are in the same amount. These guys should be able to like pull out something good out of bad wrestlers, and we've already seen that they can't. They, they can't. They're not. They're not miracle workers. Um, if they're these guys that have been bad have been really bad, and I'm talking Big Daddy, um, Seabird the Main Man, uh, Bestia the Ring, Diamante Azul. You know, there's a there's a bunch of um, guys in CML that are pretty bad. The under, the Espanto hijo de uh, hijo de Signo and Espanto Junior, a couple of other guys. Um, but yeah, I thought the match wasn't that great. The only I thought the 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 one guy from Team World that I thought was very impressive was Jay Briscoe, and then like everybody else was kind of just like not that good. There was no real heat in the match. Um, I think it might have also hurt that the that the they had that whole um, ceremony prior to it. And I felt it went a little too long, and I think the crowd was kind of like tired at that point. Luke Hawks, Delirious, and Big Daddy were horrible in this match. There's, I just, I just don't think like, there's not even like, I can't even like say no. They were, they, they had their moments. They were not good at at all in this. Um, Oraculo, he looked good at certain points, but he's really small. I think Hip Hop Man mentioned it in the Masalucha podcast. Said he looks like he should be wrestling with the minis, and he's he's a small guy, but I think. The other thing I, I have with Oracle is that there's like stories about him that um, it I don't think you could actually do, like keep him long term in, in the promotion. Um, there's stuff that he kind of has to resolve before he could actually join. Um, and I don't think he was I don't think he did enough to like make me think, oh, I need to have him in my promotion. Um, Taven and Big and Kenny King and the Mecha Wolf 450. I thought they had some good moments at certain points. Um, the Mecha Wolf 450 at this really rough moment where. Um, they were gonna do a spot where Oraculo was gonna jump off the ropes with a with a moonsault, and Mecha was gonna go through the I think the the middle and bottom rope, and what ended up happening is like right when he was gonna go through, Oraculo um le- leapt off, like, like he he bounced off the rope, and when he bounced off the rope, the rope hit um the Mecha Wolf in the face, and I think Mecha Wolf mentioned that he kind of he got knocked silly at that point. You saw a couple of guys like Diamantes who kind of cover as if he had kicked kicked him, but that um that did not look good, and I thought that kind of I also think Mekobo was more focused in like trying to get guys to like get like I think he was the one that was kind of pre- planning out the match for the for the Team World guys, and um, unfortunately I like three or four guys who weren't very good, and it it showed. It's not to say that Team Mexico was that great either. I mean, there was some, there was only so much these guys could do, and it really was, like I said, some good moments, not some not so good moments. It wasn't. It I would not put this as one of the better um, Grand Prix. Also, I don't think it had any heat whatsoever, so it kind of just hurt that. So, like I said, that led to the whole. Um, they announced that same. I think that same. Um, actually, I think Saturday. They announced that they were going to hold a press conference to announce the um, anniversary, the 86th anniversary show lineup. And they did so on Wednesday. And already a lot of people are complaining about how the the show is pretty much the same. It's not, it's, 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 I think they're more, it's not, I think they're not focusing so much on the overall show. They're just looking at the main event and seeing how un- underwhelming it is. Uh, we did end up getting a cage match, which I mean... If you go back even when Sieber and Ultimo Girl were um, arguing, I think it might have been even before that. I think earlier in the year, at some point during the year, there was actually like a bunch of like talk about everybody wanting to be in a cage. Um, I think it was sometime in March or April when guys were already like involved in some other feuds and they were already talking about, oh, we want a cage match. And then like in May or June, it kind of kept going on. Then when Seabrook joined in, it kind of like that came, that added to it. So it ended up being a cage match. The main event will be uh, cage match with everyone's hair on the line and the funny thing is like during the press conference everybody involved uh, for the most part wanted singles matches and Julio Cesar Rivera said they 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 can actually um, they were going to let um, the programming department was going to let the, the wrestlers decide what kind of match they wanted <laughs> and it turned out that it wasn't exactly what the wrestlers wanted it ended up being uh, the, the the usual cage match and um it's unfortunate, but the cage match with everyone's hair on the line will include Ultimo Guerrero, Sieber the main man, Gilbert El Boricua, Volador Jr., Big Daddy, Big Daddy Yum Yum. Um, I, I think that's the other thing that people, um, he refers to himself as Big Daddy Yum Yum, but um, CML just calls him Big Daddy. I think, it's just, I think it's just part of the trend where they think the shorter the name, the more likely the, the fans are going to understand it uh, or like 
you know, remember remember him as that's the whole thing in Lucha Libre. The longer the name, the less likely they're going to remember. The shorter the name, they'll probably remember you a little little easier. Um, also in it are Nero Casas and Barbaro Carvernario. And I think the one thing I will say is that Big Daddy's a very good talker. He did a really good job in the in the press conference and also on the Informa show. Um, at one point, he took off his shoe and tossed it at Nero Casas and told him that he was going to make him kiss his foot after he beat him in the cage after he shaved his head off and and and, and beat him in the cage and Casas just completely no sold it and then uh he started trying to get Volador Jr to agree to like also he asked him if he wanted to join in and have Casas kiss his feet um Volador Jr did not seem too pleased about that did not seem interested um Nero Casas' response was that he didn't even know who Big Daddy was which is pretty much what everybody was wondering as well Ultimo Guerrero joked that that he he wished Big Daddy could wrestle as well as he talked. Unfortunately, he doesn't, and that's that's a bad thing for CMLL and for those of us watching. They basically just took everything that you know. I don't think people and you know the reaction to the cage match has been very negative from a lot of fans. And I mentioned this in the most recent Lucha Report that I really think no matter what they would have announced be it the cage or just Sieber versus Ultimo Guerrero or if they would have brought done the Volador Jr. versus Forastero or you know the the the, the hair match between Volador Jr. and Cavernario or you know the three-way Gilbert Sieber and Ultimo Guerrero I don't think the fans would have been happy with any of that stuff because as long as LA Park and Roosh are around they're always going to want that and it's going to continue on, especially because as long as Roosh is available and he's working for CML, it's always going to constantly be, be brought up. LA Park always brings it up. That's all his Twitter account is. It's constantly him just retweeting that stuff, how people want that match. I honestly think let CML catches, and everyone deserves a little bit of the blame in this, because CMLL and Roosh and LA Park, let's not forget, there was, a, there was, a, 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 there was interviews from everyone involved, and they all said, when that match didn't happen, that they did never agree to that match and that they didn't want anybody to get the blame for this. That it was just the fans insinu- insinuating that that was going to happen. And that is not true. They were actually leading to that stuff. I mean, we watched the shows. We were watching every single week. And there was always the end of it was always LA Park and Rouge throwing out challenges. They would get interviewed backstage. They would talk about how they wanted that hair match. Um, they even had a moment where... Uh, Julio Cesar Rivera was talking about that would be the mat was the likely outcome of that was going to be the likely uh, main event for the 85th anniversary last year's um, show and then like as soon as it didn't happen everybody backtracked and said we never agreed we never said it was going to happen we never said that that's all a lie and I mean they look like complete idiots doing it and they still do I mean I'm even saying Rush Nally Park because you know they get the ben- they get the benefit that they're they're the rustlers and they could always just blame CMLL for not doing it. But they also deserve it. LA Park did this with Dr. Wagner Jr. as well. They never had the mask match. And um, and look, it never happened. And Wagner ended up losing it to um, Psycho Clown years years later. I mean, think, think about it. LA Park, Dr. Wagner Jr. were feuding since like 2003, 2004. So it's been a long time that they were feuding. And that never happened. They kept doing the whole buildup. Never happened. And... It happened with Psycho Clown instead. So same thing with Roosh. I think this this is just one of those things where they have the social media, they have the advantage, and CML is not going to say anything because they could say what they want, but they're going to get they're going to get trashed because nobody involved in CML wants to really be the the public, you know the you know even the face of the promotion. Um, Sophia Alonso, I mean, where has she been? Nobody's really showing their face. They've never been the type of promotion that has somebody that talks about, you know, why they decided on doing stuff. So you know that they're always going to be at the one, be, be the ones that are going to get blamed. And um, like I said, as long as Rush and Ali Park around are around, their fans are going to want that. This was a this was a match that wasn't. I think there's one match that I think right now that might actually satisfy fans, and I think that would be Caristico versus Mystico. If it was built up for for a, a couple more than one month, if it was built up for over a series of months, and they kind of made 
turn mystical if they were to turn mystical a little bit more of a heel i think it would be a, a match that would have done really well this show's going to sell out no matter what honestly um but as far as like just fan interest i think that that would be the thing that the only thing i think that would rival or even come close to the la park rouge feud would be that but they're not going to do it i mean because that's that that would require I, one of those guys willingness to drop their mask i think mystico in a way because his brothers have brought up how they kind of think he's not been pushed enough in cmll and they kind of like talk about how they think maybe it's time for him to maybe change and be something different i think there might be more of a willingness to do it but i don't i think the problem would be that cml would always want to keep the mystical name and have a character so it would be kind of a pointless thing to do much like la park rouge i don't think it's going to happen so so that's that. That's kind of like the the main event for the anniversary. You're, you're, people are going to want something different, and they're going to give you, they're going to give you the opposite, and you know people are going to complain about it. Um, the rest of the card is actually, um, I I've seen a few people say that they're underwhelmed with the card. Uh, I would say the cage match and the women's match are the two things I'm not that interested in, but everything else seems so, um, pretty solid. The opener is going to be Stigma, Rey Cometa, El Audaz versus Mysterioso Jr., Tiger, and Virus. I think that's a really good opener. I have a feeling, because Stigma is uh, related to the promoter, the the people who run the, the Arena Puebla, uh, or, you know, take care of that that um, that um venue for CML. I have a feeling that's kind of like a thank you for, for um, to Puebla for um, their, their, the guys in charge not alienating any female wrestlers. I, there's been a story recently that the there was a story a couple of months ago with, when Silhouette came back that um she wasn't there because there was a one of the guys in charge of one of the guys who worked in the CML office in Guadalajara had actually told her that she had to do some favors in order to um to return to the uh, arena and since that time that guy obviously you've seen Silhouette's back in CMLL. And she's already also returned to um, Guadalajara, Arena Coliseo Guadalajara. So, uh, and that guy got actually uh, fired from his job. So, I have a feeling the guy who got fired is Magnum, and Magnum happens to be the father of Esfinge. So, I kind of have a, I have an inkling that maybe that's something to keep an eye on. I think there's a slight chance that maybe um, Esfinge might be following um, his. His for his tag team partners lead and move on to to becoming an independent. I don't know if that's going to happen, but it's possible. Um, but the opener looks pretty solid. I mean, it's got Ray Cometa. That's the other thing. I, I found it funny that the people that complained about this show, the rest of the lineup, all those people, like if you look at who they root for, all those guys are on the show. So like Echicero's on it, Ray Cometa's on it. And uh, Dragon Lee's on it, although there's some doubt as far as Dragon Lee's going to be, whether or not he's going to be on it. So it, it, I just thought that was amusing that they, they still found something to complain about. Uh, the second match, Dulce Gardenia making his first anniversary show will team up with Diamante Azul and Titan versus Hijo del Viano Tercero. I believe that's his, no, I think that's his, that might be his first or second. I'm not really sure. Um, he'll be teaming up with Echicero and Ray Bucanero. I would have loved to have seen Atlantis, Atlantis Jr. in Diamante Azul's spot, or maybe even Titan and just move Titan up to a, to the, to a higher match. I think that match is, that match should be good. I have a feeling it'll be good. I have a feeling Diamante Azul might not even be on that, in that match. Um, I would not be shocked if he gets pulled off that match. He has been in the past, so it's like it wouldn't shock me. But you know, there's enough there's enough there that could be good, um, especially with that she said on the Rudo side. The third match is Dallas versus Marcella, or should Marcella lose to his to her Japanese opponent on an upcoming show? And um, they're in, they're they're gonna they're gonna be wrestling on um, mid September. They're gonna be wrestling in Japan, so. Marcella is going to be t- defending the CML, CML World's Women's Title in in Japan. So if she loses it to her Japanese opponent, then the Japanese opponent will be wrestling um, Dallas. They have not mentioned who her opponent is uh, in, in Japan, but uh, I don't. I think this match they've already done it so many times that I think it's just another repeat. It's not going to be that interesting. I have a feeling Dallas is going to end up winning just because that's the way CML is booking right now. I think the 
the people that are kind of gaining power in the last year have been, you know, Dallas, Ultimo Guerrero, really them too. I mean, Dallas just pretty much a lock as the main women in, in the promotion. And Ultimo Guerrero, if you look at the whole like roster, everything that's going on in CML, you could tell Ultimo Guerrero has more control of what's going on in the promotion. The fourth match will be a Relevos Increíbles. Niebla Roja and Angel de Oro teaming up with Mephisto versus Grand Guerrero, Euphoria, and Dragon Lee. That should be a good match. Um, I don't know if Dragon Lee is going to be on in that match just because um, there's some talk that he might actually be in on the Ring of Honor show and that's happening that same day. Um, that's the other thing. Roosh is working um, Ring of Honor and that same day, which... You know, you would have thought CML would have decided to like run the anniversary on a di- on a different date, just so they could have one of their top stars in on the show, but you know they decided not to. And I have a feeling I wouldn't be shocked if Dragon Lee gets pulled, just because um, the the match that he's on, it being the fourth match and it being a Relevos Increíbles, and really the way the guys that are in it, you could just tell it's possible that they'll just have Sobrano Jr. join the the, the team. If Dragon Lee was in the in the semi main event, I think he, that would have meant that he was definitely going to be on the show. I I I don't know. It's possible he's going to be on it. Um, and if he is, then I'm going to be like, why not just? They should have just had him on this in the semi main event. So just before just to get before I go to the the mask match, the Observer issue came out earlier as I was recording this podcast, and they did confirm that Dragon Lee was going to be on the anniversary show. And not going to be in the Ring of Honor after all. So that makes it even stranger that they have him in this Relevos Increíbles match. Uh, why do that? I have no idea. They should have just had him replace. Like I said, they should have him be in there with Mystico and Caristico in the semi-main event. But, you know, at least we know he's going to be on the show. And it should be a good show. It should, it should be a good match, I mean, with him and, and Grand Girl Euphoria as a, as a trio. Against Mephisto, Niebla, Rohan, Angel de Oro. Um, after that, the fifth match is Microman versus Chamuel, Mask versus Mask. This has probably been the best booked rivalry that CML has had this year. They've actually, and not only has it been better booked than most anything else, they also have the Microman and Chamuel have actually um, held their held their like really been um, solid as far as um, building this up. They've had they've had a, a they you know as usual they have good matches again they have good um good matches between themselves and they're 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 good rivals. Um, Chamuel is a really good Rudo, um, does a really good job of getting the crowd um, to hate him and to root for Microman and all the other micro technicos. Uh, Microman, as you know, as you know, the smallest wrestler in pro wrestling. Um, and he gets a lot of um it was funny because um Grand Girl was on Inform and he was talking about how they were asking him to pick a winner and of course being a Rudo he picked um Chamuel. But he was talking about how Microman has an angel over his shoulder just because he has that ability. Um he connects with the fans. He made the comment that that Microman lifts his little arm up into the air and the crowd in Arena Mexico really reacts. And um, he's really super over. And I think this match, you know, they've gotten some good reactions in just like even their singles match, in trios matches. But I think this being a mass match, I totally think that this is going to get a lot, a a really strong reaction. It's a one fall match. Uh, I have a feeling that's probably going to go a little longer than 10 minutes. Even if it doesn't go beyond 10 minutes, it's still going to be something that's going to be really good. It, you know, and they've been able to pull off stuff the way they've they've worked the the last match. I think it shows that they could actually do some some good work in the match. Uh, the other thing is that Microman wanted his father Kemonito to be his second. Uh, a lot. I'm surprised a lot of people still like don't realize that that that's his um dad. Um, I had a few people like tell me that they were shocked. I'm guessing they're not regular listeners or visitors to my website because I've said that several times. Or even if you follow me on Twitter, I've mentioned it on Infor- whenever Microman's on Informa. That constantly gets brought up for the last year, two years. So it's not anything really that's new. Chamuel said he wanted Templario in, in his corner. Um, Templario and him are paisanos from the same area. So he kind of was hoping for him to be in it, to be a second. Um, I think that's a pretty fair. Um, if you're gonna have a, a some a corner man, I think it's I think it's pretty 
a pretty even um, situation. You know, Templario on one side, Camp Monito on the other. I, I I don't see any. I think that's perfectly fine. But it should be fun. Actually, I think it'd be kind of cool, like because I think Templario might take a bump for uh, Microman. Um, the the sixth match, the semi main event is the the La Nueva Generación Dinamita of Sanson, Cuatrero, and Forastero defending the Mexican National Trios titles against Mystico, Caristico, and Valiente. Uh, I like I said, I thought this is gonna be a good match. Um, I just kind of felt that they've done so much about like doing the Dragon Lee teaming up with Mystico and whenever they team up they usually have Caristico or Volador Jr. that you kind of assume that they were gonna just continue the trend of having the you know the supposed dream team which is you know members of that group always kind of teaming up together. Um, I'm kind of surprised they went with Valiente. Uh, if it was up to me, I would change that and just have Valiente move to the Relevos Increíbles and Dragon Lee move up to the to the semi-main because I think that would make the match that much better. And you really need a a, a, a a really strong match on this show, especially with the likelihood that everyone's going to hate on the on the cage match and I think the women's match. Um, but overall, I I don't I don't think this match this show is going to this show looks pretty good, honestly. I think, uh, I think people are just disappointed in the in the re- the announcement of the main event, since everybody's like I said, as long as Russian Park, LA Park exists, they're gonna keep wanting that. And it didn't happen, and I think people wanted something a little different. But like I said, even if they would announce like a let's say, um, Dragon Lee versus. Uh, you know, Sansone or something like that. I don't think people. I think people would have still reacted in a in a completely similar fashion of you know like oh they didn't give us what the, what we wanted. Um, the entire card I thought I think is a little bit stronger than I think last year's show. But you know, like I said, the main event I think is going to be the thing that people are going to remember, and it's not going to be um, unless these guys pull out a miracle, and it would have to be a huge miracle because cage matches in Lucha Libre usually are really bad. I don't know what to expect from this. I don't. I don't think that's going to be a good thing. In other news, this past week, um, actually, this I think on Monday, August twenty sixth, Doctor Caronte passed away. Um, he was the father of Caristico, Argenis, Argos, and Doctor Caronte Junior. Um, he's been he's been a he's been around for a long time. Um, there was a lot of confusion as to which Doctor Caronte it was, because he was actually the third version of that character. Um, there were two others prior to that, and um, a lot of people, even like Dave Meltzer, got it. He still had it wrong. Um, he had it listed as um, he had it listed in a weird way where he said uh, Miguel Uribe, Uribe. That's who it was. Passed away was actually he said it was the other guy he used the other guy's name but said it was him and he also wrestled as um as dr caronte and that's not how it was the other guy was the original then dr caronte this version the miguel uribe was the third one he was also related he's um he was the cousin of tony salazar that's the connection that that family has there was a lot of um a lot of people were talking about his passing um caristico got a couple wins and honored his father. You know, he dedicated the wins to his father. Um, a lot of moment of applause, applauses across Lucha Libre. Uh, some other news: uh, a lot of comings and goings, and see it, it not only in CMLL but also AAA. Um, Sangre Azteca and Triton left CMLL, and Goya Kong left AAA. Goya Kong ended up, is is going independent. Um, Sangre Azteca already he's well I mean they're all going independent but Sangre Azteca already showed up on the Nacion Lucha Libre show which has been having um, there's been some stories of them having some in- money issues um, Alberto El Patron did an interview right after the, the last show where he said that a lot of the issues that the company has are you know they were actually backed up in pay so they they finally got caught up at that during that that taping uh, but he kind of said, you know, a lot of people expect it to be an easy, th- an easy thing to get, get through. He's like, it's just like any business. Um, the first year, you don't really make a lot of money, and um, he's hoping that it continue. If they're able to continue, that that they'll finally start making money, and um, you know, it's. And he said, you know, it's not really the wrestlers that have complained. It's been the, it's been the other people like the the announcer the. Um, the, the one announcer who, who posted a video saying that he hadn't been paid, um, he had an issue with that. Um, he didn't really... Alberto wasn't as hot on it, but Sangre Azteca ended up going to Nacion Lucha Libre. 
much to no one's surprise. I think as soon as he left Triple um, CMO, everybody just assumed he was going to go there. Just because I don't think anybody thinks he fits in AAA right now. I could see them bringing him once as a luchador sorpresa or being one of the many guys that they try out as luchador sorpresas and see if he works out. Maybe they keep him as a as a regular or or bring him in a little more frequent frequently or infrequently. However, AAA handles their um their talent. Goya Kong really hasn't wasn't that used either in um AAA, so she's gone. Um, she's got she's an independent. She suffered an injury uh, within the first year of her being in AAA, and it really never panned out for her. And really, I think at this point, they, they when she first joined, the the women's division wasn't as deep. Um, it wasn't really something that was very highly. It wasn't very pushed. And now they've in this the last year they've added a lot more women, and they've had um, a lot better women also. So I kind of don't think she was in um, in Triple A's plans. Um, Triton, Triton, Triton announced he was leaving CMLL before he even left CMLL. I think he wrestled the show in Guadalajara, and that's when he actually announced that he was leaving. Might have been a week prior to that that he announced he was leaving, but nobody had noticed it. He had posted on his Facebook page, but he was actually booked for the um, Ring of Honor Global Wars Espectacular Tour that's coming up, and he. He's been very adamant that, that he's leaving trip, um, CMLL. And I think last week he was announced as being part of the Pro Wrestling Mexico show, which is in the indie promotion that um, Conan is involved with. And um, he he's kind of talking about how he's getting more opportunities. I mean, he did he cut an, he did an interview where he kind of like said he wasn't getting any opportunities in in CMLL. And I think I think when he first left he left like a two years ago i think in 2017 and he was in the united states and his situation at that time was that he was working he actually had a real job and he was saying that he was probably making he was making more in construction than he was in in wrestling at that point but the thing the weird thing is is that he was in the united states and he very rarely wrestled while in the united states so he really wasn't doing that much of getting himself noticed either so you know because there's been guys who like they've left promotions and when they go to mexico the united states they're actually getting booked you know loretto kid's a prime example a guy who you know he started getting booked on, on on smaller shows and all of a sudden he started getting bigger and bigger you know aiw and a couple of aaw and then all these other promotions started getting him and pwg so he kind of like built his name up on the independent scene and until finally he's like now you know pwg back to AAA, working far bigger um, independent promotions. And, you know, also he'll probably end up being an AEW also. Um, I think that's something Triton didn't really do. Um, I think he just thought being in CML, they were going to do everything. And as we've seen, that's not the case when you're an undercard guy in CMLL. Uh, he left and, you know, he he's also book wrestling Flamita and he also <laughs> wrote that um, these were the opportunities I was I, I was always hoping for. Um, you know, I, I, I prefer the way Puma King left where he really didn't trash the promotion or like constantly harp about, about, I never got opportunities or anything like that. You know, he didn't get any, he left and he actually did something with his career. And I think he's, he's, he's a far better, he's the example you, that any wrestler should really take. If you're not happy where you're at, um, you got to work, do your own thing and actually work hard to actually get accomplish something. And I think that's what Puma King has um, done. And I hope Triton does that as well. And he also changed his name to Ray Triton. Triton. Um, so yeah, this weekend will be his um, last as part as being a CMLL guy. And from this point for from that point forward, he will be an independent wrestler. You know, the funny thing is like, I do think he kind of got a little bit of a bigger, a little bit of a push, but it's not, it's not the type of push that you're really thinking of. Um, I think a lot of guys, you know, if you're working the second match and move up to the third or fourth match i don't think there's a i don't think i don't know if they actually think that's a big difference and i think the way cml books it's not um it doesn't help that with cml there's so many guys that are so horrible in main events and semi-main events that you would you immediately look at that and you're like ah you know at least i think the only positive is that at least you're not working the the opener with um, Hijo Signo and Espanto Jr. I think that's the only the only bright side of not working, you know, of actually working in the third or fourth match. Um, the other, um, there was actually a, a AAA show on August 10th that had a really good match. 
actually the entire show is pretty good if you haven't watched it uh, i think they probably already have it they might already have it available on um on their youtube channel but if not it's on their twitch channel uh, but it was a really good match phoenix beating loretto kid puma king and taurus to retain the triple a world mega heavyweight title i thought this match was excellent it's definitely going something you should go out of your way to watch um one of the one of the better matches i've seen this year uh it didn't have the the crowd reaction that you hoped uh kind of think there's 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 this weird thing with um lucha fans when they get a good match sometimes they don't like they don't really react to it um but if that match was in pwg i think people would have been calling it like a five or six star match and so that match was really good with um phoenix loretto kid puma king and taurus i think taurus is kind of just reaching that level where he's kind of starting to show that he is a a worthy main event type wrestler puma king i mean works is working um he just worked the main event in ddt also so i think they're all starting to show that um they are far better than they were getting um earlier in their career and you know it also has to do with the fact that they've kind of grown up a little bit more in, in, in as far as what they could do in the ring um but taurus more than anything i think he's really shown a lot of progression um it also helps that there's phoenix and little kid in the match um Loretto Kid's a veteran, and he's been around doing this for a really long time. Um, there was actually some, actually, there's there was some bad news from AAA with um, Ijo Vikingo suffering a leg injury, and he was he's going to be out of action for a few weeks. Um, I think there's still about a couple more weeks left for him to be out. He's definitely not going to be wrestling in the New York show. Uh, I think he's coming back early October, I think, and so it's that's that was some bad news for for AAA. Uh, you know, hopefully they don't like squash the whole um, uh, the whole Hinetes uh, del Aire trio just because he's out for a few weeks. I don't think they will, but um, hopefully they don't. Uh, some other news: MLW and the Crash have reached an agreement. Um, they're going to start working together. There's actually going to be a, a co-promoted show in Tijuana in October, uh, featuring MLW and the Crash. I don't know if CML talent will be on that show. Um, I don't really know how what how big that I'm guessing that means LA Park will probably definitely be on the crash show um, since he's part of MLW and he's very um, that's the one promotion he's actually kind of been very loyal to um, so that actually is something that should be interesting I'm looking forward to seeing what the lineup will look like just because I, I mean other than some of the names in MLW I'm not really that familiar with everyone on that roster um, so and then again it's the same thing with um with the crash who really knows who's part of the crash at this moment with so much talent going in and out of the promotions right now um some other news or jorge boli better known to us as hijo del fantasma and for those of you who watch lucha underground he's also known as king cuerno uh, was announced as joining wwe uh, they he was at the performance center took his picture with his um his performance center t-shirt and he's officially with wwe now um good for him i mean he's been somebody that's been wanting to go there for like the last three years i think after um, the first season of lucha underground he was trying to get out of his contract to go there and he had some issues with triple a and lucha underground el rey network so um, they actually got that resolved and then later on it got um, a little ugly between them with him, um, him getting a an attorney to break out of his contract uh i think that's going to be an ongoing issue with the whoever's under contract with lucha underground who hasn't left um even though they're not i don't think there's there is like zero percent chance that there's going to be a fifth season at this point now and um i just can't i just i just think some of the guys who are who are having a, a, a trouble getting out of it maybe they just have certain people have been successful at getting out of it without any like long term issues but there's been a few guys who had um i think willie mack was the only one that's really like the one remaining guy who's kind of had issues and hasn't really um i'm guessing at this point he might actually be able to get something better out out of it now um because if they're not around i mean there's no real reason for them to continue to hold these contracts over these guys heads you know it's funny fantasma is joining wwe but a couple of weeks ago callisto callisto and grand metallic posted um a few tweets that where they seem to be counting down the days that their contracts were coming to an end with wwe um that's the way it is life of a luchador in wwe guys want to join 
and months later they want to quit um or in this case years later but yeah you know that i think that's that's common with everybody in every promotion and that's about it for this this week as far as news goes and um what's going on with lucha libre i think we'll probably probably do a podcast after the next after the anniversary uh maybe get kurt on since we'll probably be at we'll be going out to battle los angeles night one so maybe do a podcast afterwards i think that would probably be just that would be the plan i don't see any reason to do i'm not even sure if i'm going to watch the triple a new york show just because i don't even know what's going to be on this show and it's they already announced like i said it was going to be 30 bucks so you know i'd probably rather save my money as far as i'm spending it on a show that i don't even know what's going to be on Um, so that's it for this week be sure to keep up to date with the latest lucha libre news at luchaworld.com and if you are looking for some old school wrestling visit retrowrestling.com be sure to check out the lucha world patreon page as well we have additional content on there including the lucha classica podcast lucha magazine write-ups and we'll be adding some new content on there really soon if you become a patron, you have three reward tiers at $1, $3, and $5. On Patreon, I've added a Lucha Classica podcast covering December 1981 with talk of the Paraguayo versus Chris Adams feud. Um, also included in on that show was um, some talk of Adrian Street and Abdullah the Butcher in Mexico. Um, the very first EMLL versus UWA show held in Arena, Mexico. And also El Santos Houdini Act that ha- that actually showed made it to um, theaters in Mexico, and there's also a lot. Uh, I read an angry fan mail. Um, there's going to be at least I'm going to try to find at least some angry fan mail for every episode, just because I think uh, I think it just makes it, it it drives it home the idea or the understanding that there's always been angry fans, no matter what. It's nothing new. It's not like AEW, WWE, these promotions any other promotion that currently exists they weren't the reason that that this started being um people being disgruntled i think it's just that there's so much more ease of access to complain about wrestling with social media that it's like it, it became a bigger deal but it's been that way for the longest of times it's the beginning of time in lucha libre and in the beginning of time of, of the world honestly also I've added several Lucha Magazine write-ups, and I'll also be doing a retro wrestling podcast. Um, that should be tons of fun. That will be starting up, I think, probably sometime this month. It will be focusing on a lot of older wrestling, and like, of course, it being retro wrestling. And I think it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I think people will enjoy it. There's also another podcast I'm thinking of working on. Um, I've already told Kurt about it. I don't know if he's he'll be a part of it on a few shows, but. When I do a lot, some of these shows, it's a lot easier just to like, if it's very informative, it's easier for me to just do it on my own. Cause usually like if you have a second person or a third person or more people, um, they start going into off tangent stuff or they go off track and they want to fast forward to the time period when they started watching wrestling and, or when they first saw that wrestler. So it, it's, it makes it very difficult. There's certain guests that are really good at like, you know, going in, like following a certain timeline. But a lot of times when you do a podcast, that's not the case. Guy, people, we just, I mean, people just go crazy and go their own separate ways and do do their own thing. Um, so that should be something that will be coming up soon on the Patreon page as well. So again, thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you again real soon.